you sit there for a couple years, if that's what it takes, I hope it would never take that long, to start getting freer and being able to blossom. We love that you're just taking up the space where you're at right now because we get to watch you grow and get free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Does somebody love Jesus? Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. You know, I'm going to speak about thriving in Babylon through the power of prayer. And it all comes down to being all about him, bringing him into people's lives so they can see that it's all about him. Hallelujah. So, thriving in Babylon is not, you know, Babylon was not an easy place to thrive in. A lot of times we think the United States is not an easy place to thrive in for different situations and circumstances and political arguments. And uh, I think Daniel had it a little rougher than most of us um, and his four, three friends, Azariah, Michelle, and Hananiah. And, uh, you know, at one point, three of them were thrown into a furnace. At one point, all four of them were... Um, threatened that they were going to be executed that night if they didn't come up with what that guy dreamed and what that dream meant. I mean, wouldn't it be handy? You know, we're trying to learn to hear from the Spirit, and, and uh, Daniel did that. He heard from the Spirit. Uh, wouldn't it be handy to uh, somebody's threaten you, you don't tell me my dream, I'm going to kill you. Wouldn't it be handy? The Holy Spirit says, I know his dream. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can, we can have that. We can find a way to thrive in our circumstance. Uh, another time, Daniel was uh, thrown right into the lion's den, and he was uh, delivered. So if he can thrive in that atmosphere, I think we can thrive in this atmosphere. And I believe the reason we can thrive and that there's only one way to thrive, and that's to have that connection with the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter, the one he sent, the one he purchased with his own blood, and then he sent out, sent, uh, he um, poured out what you now see in here. And it was the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit to, uh, to help us navigate through whatever place we live in. Russia, Ukraine, Guatemala, Venezuela, Argentina, United States, Canada, communism, dictatorship, North Korea. We can handle it. You know, some of the greatest revivals are honestly... More people getting saved under the dictatorships and the persecution than here. They're handling it because they've learned there's one place to go, and that's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. <clears throat> um, I'm going to give you a four. There's several personalities I'm going to bring out for different reasons. Some of them because they were prayer warriors, especially Daniel and Jesus. But some of them just simply because they had an attitude that made their prayers powerful. Daniel, in chapter 6, it says that he learned that the decree had been published and he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. What happened there is they... They made a situation come up because they did not like Daniel having any kind of honor from the king. So they made a situation come up where they could trap him so that they could kill him. They're going to throw him in the lion's den right there. And uh, Daniel, all I, only reason I'm bringing up this one is because he prayed consistently. He prayed constantly. 
He never stopped. He had morning, noon, and night. He'd open the doors toward Jerusalem where the Spirit of the Lord used to dwell. He's just believing, I believe, that the Spirit's going to come back to that area and, uh, because that was in the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, he'd pray to that way three, three times a day, and evidently he prayed a little bit loud because they knew he was praying to not, he was supposed to pray only to the king at this point, but he prayed to God Almighty. And so they got him, threw him in lion's den, and he got delivered. So just, just bringing that out to show you one, one aspect of his prayer life was consistency. He was constantly praying regardless of if a situation was tough or not, he went ahead and prayed. <coughs> he prayed corporately. Again, they were threatened. And this was about that dream. If you guys don't tell us this dream, you guys and all the other magicians and, and astrologers and all those guys, hundreds, they're going to be put to death. The king wanted to know this dream, and for some reason he was so disturbed about it. He said, if, if you don't give me this dream and the interpretation, you all die. So Daniel's called a corporate prayer meeting, and he said, we got to cry out for mercy. Within the night, just one little corporate prayer meeting, think what happened if we'd corporately pray. Uh, more and more often, but just one little corporate prayer meeting, uh, and they got the answer, Daniel got the answer, and he was able, all, he delivered in his humility, that's another aspect of prayer, he had so much humility that he made sure that not only did he and his three friends get saved from execution, but so did all the other astrologers and the non-believers. And so you see corporate, you see consistent, you see continual, you see scriptural prayer. He was reading, and uh, he didn't realize it, but he was reading in Jeremiah 25. They didn't have chapters back then. But he's reading in Jeremiah 25, and he said, wow, we're supposed to get out of here in 70 years. We don't have to live in Babylon. We can go back to Jerusalem. And so he was praying into the scriptures. He's reading the scriptures and praying about them. And God didn't only tell him about the seven years, but he told him about, he told him about 490 years. He told him about the end times. He got all kinds of stuff even beyond what he prayed for when he prayed scripture. So he's praying constantly, continually, corporately, scripturally, and last of all with humility, and we touched on that already, that he was very humble and he was always concerned about the king and even those over him in authority. <clears throat> so if we want to thrive in Babylon, in our culture, we're going to want to pray corporately, consistently, scripturally, and hum with humility. So... These altars right here, because I don't know when you're going to get the sense of the urge to come up here, but I open these altars right now for anybody, as God begins to pull on your heart, and he's just wanting you to begin to make more of a commitment to prayer, or more of a commitment to humility, or more of a commitment to listening to the Holy Spirit. As, as I preach, um, at any time you can come up here and get away from whatever's going on back, you know, if you feel like you might get a little distracted, Come up here. It's a good place to be where nobody will distract you at all. You can just be with you and Jesus. So the altars are open from this point on to the end. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, so um, there were some folks in the Bible that noticed Jesus did a lot of praying. They noticed, and they come to him in Luke chapter 11. It says, uh, how does it go exactly? It said, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he got finished, there must have been a group over here talking about, we got to figure out how to pray, because every time he prays, he goes out and does stuff. And right before he prays, he's doing miracles, he's casting out demons, he's, he's healing the sick, and he's doing all that. Then he's praying, and then he's casting out devils and healing the sick. Then he's praying, and he's casting out devils and healing the sick. And so they got together, and they're thinking, we got to find out how, how that all happens. How does he pray that makes that work that way? We've always prayed. It doesn't work for us. I want to pray in such a way that I can bring the kingdom of 
heaven into the kingdom of the earth. Yay, that was a good one. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to pray. I believe we can. If we'll pay attention to what it says here. It says, one of his disciples went to him and said, teach us. See, they had been talking about it. Teach us how to pray. We can't figure this out. <coughs> they had watched him raise the widow's son. I just wrote a whole list of stuff. They, they watched him cast out demons. They watched him set people emotionally free. They watched him forgive sins. They watched him heal the blind. They watched him open deaf ears. They watched him speak with authority. They watched him multiply meals. They watched him read the hearts and minds of people and respond to them. They watched him love children. They watched him walk on water. They watched him give value to sinners, the, the vilest sinners. Remember she had six men and the last one wasn't her husband. The vilest of sinners. She, he, he, uh, he, they watched him stop storms. He, they watched him give value to women, which is probably the first time in history since Eve. But, uh, so you just, they just seen him doing stuff that's comprehensible, and they always saw him praying before and after these occasions. So Lord, teach us to pray, he says. <clears throat> Why would they want to know how to pray? Because everywhere he went, he carried with him the results of prayer. Everywhere he went, he carried with him a touch from heaven, which brought a touch into the earth. Everywhere he went, he carried with him the results of prayer. And they said, we got to know how you pray, because we believe that we could do that too. Everywhere he went, he carried with him the results of prayer. Yay. What if we could actually have results from prayer? What if it was a sure thing? I've had too many answers. It's a sure thing, I assure you. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm pretty excited up here. Praise God. <clears throat> There's another place, and, and this is where you see it sandwiched, uh, his ministry sandwiched between prayer, um, or his prayer sandwiched between ministry, however you want to look at it. In Mark chapter 1, I've always loved Mark chapter 135 where it says he, he rose up a great while before day, went out in a solitary place and there prayed. And then some of the, one of his disciples came and tracked him down and found him and interrupted him. Have you had that happen a lot? When you're out in a solitary place praying and somebody tries to mess with you? It's just like, be quiet, I'm talking to the Father. Well, Jesus had that problem a lot. I mean, we just saw that they did wait that one time. They, they must, he must have rebuked them because they waited till he was done that second time. But this time, it says here, I'll just read in uh, Mark 1.33, it says, The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. That's right before he prayed, but I know he prayed before that too. But anyway, in verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went out into a solitary place. There he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they claimed, I like the, there's, I, I, think, I don't know if it's the NLT or what version, but one of them says they went out and tracked him down. And uh, it just, it's just like they had a tracker. You know, you see them on the Western movies, always tracking the cavalry and tracking the enemy and tracking the bad guy. And uh, Simon's tracking him down, and he found him. And he interrupted him, and he made him stop praying. And Jesus, and he said, well, we got a bunch of people who want to listen to you. Look at this. It says, um, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everybody's looking for you. And Jesus said, that's, that's that kind of too bad because let's go somewhere. We got to go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I came. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Ministry, prayer, ministry, prayer, ministry, prayer. It's right there. Thriving in our own culture, 
because we know how to pray. Teach us to pray, Lord. Um, in, uh, in, that, in that Luke chapter 11, when they found him, one of the disciples said, teach us to pray. His answer was this, and then the, the full blueprint is better shown in Matthew chapter 6. But it's our Father, and you can do this in 20 seconds, or you can do it in five hours, or maybe 10 hours, or three days of fasting. You can do this blueprint. It's just a blueprint. The way I learned it when I was growing up is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and glory for now and forever. You can do it in 10 seconds, probably. But um, I don't know if that helped a lot. But I was taught the more I said that, the less purgatory. So... I do have a lot less purgatory than I used to because I gave my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah, God is good. Or we can slow it down a little bit. And there is so much in here. Now, I'll do the five-hour version now. Uh, no. <laughs> But I do want to show you just three or four words, the first part, just to show you that you can take five hours. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our, you can just spend all, another sermon on our. We're community. We're all one body. We're all working together. It's our Father. You know, you can keep going on that, and you can study about that, and you can think about that, and you can, you can begin to pray the Our Father, and it starts to take time, and you start wondering, well, am I right with the rest of the body? And that's how Our Father who art in heaven, where is he at in heaven? You can talk about heaven forever. And then, hallowed be thy name. And I love hallowed be thy name. I get stuck on that one a lot. And I, I really need to start meditating on a lot of the stuff I don't meditate on. But one thing that I love to do when I come before the Lord is because it gets me out of all the lies that have been attacking me. And it's hallowed be your name. And we know what his name is in the Bible. There's so many names for God in the Bible. So I'll just begin to say, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be my righteousness. Glory to my righteousness. Because it says, the Bible says, he is the Lord my righteousness. That is his name. The Bible says he is the Lord my healing. That is his name. Uh, Moses gave him a new name and God must have been all right with it because after he won the war they helped hold his arms up because he couldn't hold them up when he let his arms down the, the enemy was winning the battle when he put his arms up they were winning the battle and when he kept Jesus God Almighty as a banner they were winning the battle he couldn't keep them up, couldn't keep them up so they, Aaron and Hur got on both sides they kept him up and they won the battle and he says I'm going to make an altar right here and I'm going to call you the Lord my banner Jehovah Nissi the Lord is my banner. That's his name. And so hallowed be my banner. Hallowed be my righteousness. Glory to my healing. Glory to my provision. Glory to my sanctification. That's all his names. There's so many names for God. And you just meditate on that. You can't say the Our Father in 10 or 20 seconds anymore. But I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit starts blessing what you're proclaiming. And all of a sudden, you're not feeling condemned anymore because he's your righteousness. You're not feeling, honestly, you're not feeling sick no more because you broke through the lies that were mm, coming down on you and you get healed. How many times have, have I ever been healed? Has it been a lot? She's watched me rise from the dead over and over and over again. Because I don't go immediately. I'm not saying you don't go to the doctor. That's, sometimes I might go to the doctor just to get enough strength to pray. So I'm not, I'm not discounting the fact that we can use doctors. But I don't run to them first if I don't have to. And I always get healed. I always get healed. I always get healed. I think we can have what the Bible says. That's my biggest problem.
Some people don't agree with me. I believe if we know how to pray, we can have the culture of heaven touch the culture of earth and bring life and restore the devastation and the destruction and the, the degradation and the hopelessness. I believe if we knew how to pray, we could have the kingdom of heaven on earth. Why else would he say thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? Why else would he say the kingdom of God is at hand 2,000 years ago? If it was at hand 2,000 years ago, it should be even closer now. That's pretty close at hand. Let's not let it slip away. I'm determined to pray. <clears throat> Proverbs 18.10, just, uh, just I kind of was off my notes, but 18.10, it says, uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. And so that goes along with hallowed be thy name. I run to that name, and I'm safe. I run to my healing, and I'm safe. I run to my righteousness, and I'm safe. That's his name. That's his nature. That's who he is. <clears throat> if we want the kingdom to operate in our lives, we need, like Daniel, to read and get his word into us. I was praying about this message quite a bit, and uh, I've been meditating on John 15. We, actually, we have a study that we talked about a little bit at the Bible study in Redfield, but John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, can ask anything you want and it shall be done. Anything you want, anything you want, any, something wrong with the tape recorder. Anything you want and it shall be done unto you. I can ask anything I want if his word abides in me. It also says if his word abides in me, fruit will start happening, but it says you can ask anything you want and it'll be given to you. If you ask anything you want, if the word is abiding in me. It, there's so many distractions. There's so much entertainment. There's so much press the button, easy, get relief. We think we're getting relief, but all we're doing is keeping the kingdom crowded out. It's like, well, I'm just going to take it easy. I have a tough day. If we begin to take it easy in the world, word, we'll start finding true rest. It doesn't feel like it at the moment that we're taking it easy in the word because it's like, this is hard. I've got to read the word. There's a guy called the devil trying to keep you from that. But I've noticed when I meditate in the word all day, I was, I was trying my hardest the other day. I spent the whole day. I had a day where I could just pretty much didn't have to answer the phone and stuff. spent the whole day just reading the Bible and praying. And this guy calls me about roofing, so I had to answer it. And, and every time he said something, something spiritual came out of my mouth. And I, I, I kept trying to not say it. But I'm finding out when it says if you, his word abides in you, um, you can't, if it abides in you, if it live, abide means to live, if it dwells in you, it likes to move out and in and out of you. It likes to bring life all around it. And it's, it's like, I, I couldn't even dream up something regular to say. I just had to talk about the Lord every time. That he said something, and I'd say something about God. And he'd say something else, and I'd say something about God. And, and uh, Joshua 1.8 says it like this. He says, 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, it doesn't mean it shall not depart from your mouth as if it can't talk to other people about it. What it means is it'll never depart from you. It'll constantly be living and coming in and out of you. It, 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 and what it means, when it says, it, let this book of the law not depart from your mouth, it means don't let it be stolen from you. Shade that word. Protect that word. Uh, be careful with that word. Don't let anything get in, in, in front of that word. And hold on to that word. Uh, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. How often? I want all my prayers answered, so I guess i got to start memorizing. I'm meditating on the word day and night. Only day and night. That's all. That's the thing we hadn't figured out. That's, the, that's, that's what the secret nobody ever knew about. Day and night. Just meditate on his word day and night. Every time you get a chance, meditate on his word. And then he'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success, the end of the verse says. And so if we would just be able to abide in him and his word abide in us, we can ask anything we want and it will be done for us. We want the kingdom of heaven to touch the kingdom of the earth. Even fellow, not these fellows, these guys are always keeping me in line, but even fellow pastoral people, uh, even religious people that you look up to, you might have to disappoint them because you're too busy with God. Entertainment, you're going to have to disappoint that. Entertainment, you're just too busy with God. The altars are still open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Fight to worship the word, shade the word, water the word. Make sure that word's alive. When the wind and the rain and the life starts beating you down, grab onto the word even harder. When that soil is, has a plow up your unplowed ground, when that soil gets beat down by everything in, in life and your heart begins to try to get hard, plow that baby up quick and get that word alive quick. It'll grow quick in wet weather, even if it's a wet storm. Got to abide in that word. I'm going to get my prayers all answered. I'm going to see the kingdom invading the earth. And we're all going to be part of that. Because there's going to be too many people catching on to this here message right here. Hallelujah, Lord God. <coughs> Whatever it takes, make sure that word lives in you. If we want kingdom results, I got a little more time. If we want kingdom results, his word must abide in us. We cannot let it get away. Number two, if we want kingdom results, we must accommodate, cooperate, coordinate with the Holy Spirit. We've been hearing a little about that even before service. If we really want to have our prayers answered in such a way that the kingdom touches people through our lives, we need to cooperate and coordinate with the Holy Spirit. Don't assume that when the Bible says the Holy Spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, or when the Holy Spirit is rejoicing, or when the Holy Spirit is grieving, or when the Holy Spirit is groaning, never assume that he's out there somewhere groaning. He's not out there somewhere groaning. He's, out, he's in here somewhere cooperating, coordinating with us. We sense, you ever watch somebody just start crying up on the altar and you start crying? When the Holy Spirit has a burden, he wants to share it with us. He wants us to move with that burden. He might want us to pray into the night. He might want us to pray hours into the night. 
He might want us to just stop and rejoice. He, whatever he's doing, it gets catchy. I just want to be doing it with him. We need to cooperate and coordinate with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, You haven't received the spirit of the world. You received the spirit of, of God so that you might know what things are freely given to you of God. You haven't received the spirit of the world. A good example of that is uh, the spirit... Jesus got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He got baptized in water. He went out in the desert. The devil took him up on the temple, and the devil said, throw yourself down from here. And, uh, and the reason you should, Jesus, throw yourself down from here, because if you're the Son of God, if you're really who you say you are, then I need some proof, is what the devil's saying. And he said, the angels of God will bear you up in their arms so you don't dash your foot against a stone. You've not received the spirit of the world, but you've received the spirit which is from God, that you might know what things are freely given to you of God. It's not freely given to you of God. Jesus knew this. It's not freely given to him of God that he can jump off a temple whenever he wants, just for fun, or just because he feels insecure. See, that was the spirit of insecurity. Ah, you're not really who you said you are. Throw yourself off and prove it. God will save you. But Jesus looked at him and said, yeah, no, 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 no. That was a different spirit. That was the spirit of the world talking to him. Spirit of the world we have not received that. Jesus had not received the spirit of the world. And he would not receive that spirit. So what I'm saying is we can have all kinds of scripture. But if the Holy Ghost doesn't wake, light it up, and it's just your fears and your struggles and your hurts and your resentments and your pain lighting it up, it ain't from God. Make sure the Holy Spirit brings it out. And Jesus looked with authority and said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Boy, he's shaking now, that devil we got to speak back to him when he speaks the wrong word. So that's just in being led by the, the Lord. But also in prayer, we need to be led by the Spirit so that we might know what things are freely given, what all things have given to us of God. Take a big another sermon, but everything we want has been given. If he didn't spare his own son, how much more will he not give us all things? So, um, Galatians, remember I was, I, I just want to go back and show you some scriptural proof, but in Galatians, it, when, it's, when I said, um, never assume that it's just the Holy Spirit out there talking or out there praying or out there groaning or as if he's doing it up in heaven, he came to the earth to work with us and through us so that we can bring the kingdom. If it was just him, he'd already have success. If he could do it all by himself out there groaning somewhere, out there praying somewhere, he would already have the whole world saved. But for some reason, God set it up so that when we coordinate with the Holy Spirit, we will get results and the kingdom will touch earth. Um, Galatians 4, 6, for example, it says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your heart, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Okay, do you see that? 4, 6 says, he put a spirit in my heart that calls Abba, Father. Is it just him calling Abba, Father, or does it help me to call Abba, Father with him? He's always doing it in, in coordination with us when it's going to be effective. So we look in Romans to prove it. In Romans um, chapter 8, verse 14, it says, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The spirit you received does not make you a slave again to fear, but rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption of sonship. And by that spirit, we 
cry, Abba, Father. The spirit he put in us, by that spirit we cry. In Galatians it says, that spirit cries, but this one says, by that same spirit that he put in us, we cry, Abba, Father. Both of them said, we cry, Abba, Father. But one of them makes it very clear that we're doing it in coordination with the Holy Spirit. Now, if we look in... um, Romans chapter 8, this is amazing. Through much study, two years ago and stuff, I realized that this meant what this says. But it wasn't until the Pastor John, part of the problem, or reason for the answer, <laughs> um, the, what's the TPT mean? The Passion Translation. The, pa- the Passion Translation if I'd have just known, I would have studied it out anyway because I don't necessarily believe just anything that's written. I got I got because this is not a word-for-word translation. It's it just more of a, it, a lot of it's partly preaching to help us understand better. And as I studied this, and you saw some of the scriptures I've used already, I realized that this, what the Passion Translation says is true. So I want to read that to you. I guess it's message and translation and Passion Day. <coughs> and in a similar way, The Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. Uh, This is Romans 8, 26 and 27. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or are the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us, not out there somewhere praying by himself, but he rises up in us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan for our destiny. Hallelujah. So it says very clearly here, it's very clear in the Bible, that we need to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit because when he prays and we cooperate, I guarantee you, the kingdom of heaven will touch the kingdom of the earth. I guarantee it. I... 100%, 100%, guaranteed for 100 years, guaranteed, lifetime guarantee. Hallelujah, through eternity. All right, I'm going to stay on that subject a little bit. I may not get to my last point, but this one is good. Coordinate with the Holy Spirit. Let me show you in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him that is able to, exceeding, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. It says, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Well, isn't that amazing? It says, it didn't say, now on to him that's able to do everything we ask and think. It says, to do abundantly. It said, to do above. It said, to do exceedingly abundantly above. Three adverbs, when he could have just said, he can do anything we can ask or imagine, and even beyond that. But he said, no, he can do it exceedingly above and abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. He's trying to tell us we're missing out. I don't see him doing that in my life. I'm seeing it more and more, but I'm not seeing it like this. But I'm already practicing my sermon better in the last few days than I have in the last few months. And it's, there's a joy in my heart. That's where it starts. That's just my strength. But anyway, it says he's able to do exceeding abundantly. How? This is the trick. How is he able to do that? Because the rest of the verse is what we always leave out. He's able to do it according to his mighty power that works in us. But see, if his mighty power is not working in us, 
if, if, only, if he wants to cry Abba Father and I don't cry Abba Father with him, I don't get any closer to God. If he wants to cry Abba Father when he sees a circumstance in my life and there's, there's really no words, maybe just groans, it's like, oh God, oh Father. I don't know what to say, but the Holy Spirit's groaning with words, with utter, utterance that words can't express and the answer comes anyway as you read those scriptures, that's what it says. But it's kind of like, if the Holy Spirit, if we got a canoe, anybody had a, you know, anybody know how to canoe? You got 16-foot canoe is what I'm used to. Takes two people, one in the front and one in the back. And if all you got is one in the front or one in the back, especially if all you got one in the back, I think we're the guy in the front. The Holy Spirit's in the back, and he's a whirling away, and he's like, "Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father," and it just keeps going around circles. But if you got that other guy on the other side going, I'm a father, I'm a father, I'm a father, you're going to go right upstream, right against its toughest current, and you're going to get to your destiny, and yeha, you get your answer. Woohoo! We got to get up there to camp because we can't camp down here. There's too many scary things down here. We can't camp down here. There's too many scary things down here. Did you hear that? I just heard that after I said it. <clears throat> I'll give you one more example that we have to work with the Holy Spirit. He's not just out there doing it by himself. I might have to. Here it is. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But guess what the rest of the verse says? For it's God that works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So God's working in us in the back of the canoe. And we're not doing anything up front. Round circles, round circles, round circles. And while you're going around in circles, you're going downstream too. How many know you're going downstream when you've not been in prayer? Amen? Because it's God that works in us. Work out our salvation with fear and trembling, with great reverence, because it's God that's working in us. And we know, we have assurance that because he's working in us, if we work with him, we get, we get the answer. We get the kingdom. Don't be afraid, little sheep. I've given you the kingdom. I've given you the kingdom. Just work with me. Get in the front of the canoe and make that thing move. So they asked him to teach us to pray because they saw the results of prayer being carried wherever he went. They knew wherever he went, heaven touched earth. That clock just struck midnight um, if I could have the worship team come back up do that last song again or some other song that you think was appropriate oh you guys would have liked the part about humility Woo but I am so humble that I'm not going to try to make you stay too long that's a joke okay but <laughs> hallelujah let's stand and look to the Lord and think about what he's saying Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father God. Let's just look to him. Just pray with me in your heart. Father, help us be consistent three times a day, whatever times you, that would be consistent for us. It was for three times with Daniel. We don't know what would what be best for us, but Lord God, help us to be consistent. Help us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Help us to be consistent. Uh, um, what was that second verse uh, second I can't think consistent corporate are we failing in the corporate area when you show up in corporate prayer 
it helps the whole room have more power. That's another sermon. Help us, Lord, to pray scripturally. Help us to pray in humility, staying under in obedience to those that are over us. Help us, Lord God, to have the word stay alive in us. Help us to protect that word, to chop up the hard ground, to have somebody help us stay in the word. Help us, Lord God, to find a way to make the word live in us. Help us to find prayer partners. Help us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as the mature children of God are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Just, just worship him. Just, just worship him. And as you worship him, I believe he'll start speaking to you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
We love you, Father. We love you, Lord God. Father, we've we've learned how to take on a job and get a paycheck. We've learned how to take care of kids and make that work. We've learned how to do so many different activities, Lord. We want to learn how to pray. We heard the message, but somehow we're asking you with all our heart. Help us to put into practice because we've got to taste of you more. We've got to be able to go around those, as the song says, and love those around us and be able to have a miracle for their lives. A loving word, a miracle, an encouragement, a healing. Father, we just pray you would help us, Lord God, to leave this world behind like we said we would when we said, not my will, but your will be done. We said, you're the Lord. Help us to leave the world behind and get in on the new economy the new culture and help us to bring that culture into this culture and thank you Lord like Daniel you protect us like Jesus you protect us thank you Father just bless let your blessing I just speak blessing on every one of these people your love Father be on them and Lord your face shine upon them and let them go Father God in your presence and in your power in Jesus name amen and if you are someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit living in you. You need to surrender your life to Jesus because he's provided for the Holy Spirit to live in you every moment of every day, every night. And if you would like to come and surrender your life to Jesus, if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, just saying, I want to surrender my life to Christ. I need Jesus. Then Mark or I will be up here and we can help you to pray and just to surrender your life to Christ. (coughs) Send his Holy Spirit to live in you. Every moment you will never be alone again. Amen. 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 Yeah, come on up if somebody would like prayer for that. Otherwise, we're dismissed.